One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Jocelyn Moffat has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Jocelyn. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, March 20th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. In Salt Lake City, I'm Scott Johnson. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chick. Uh, Sarah Lane, uh, unavoidably detained at the vet uh, today for her cat, uh, but uh, hopefully things will go well and she will be back tomorrow. We are going to talk quite a bit about some GDC news of various types, including a little deeper dive into the Epic Games announcement from earlier today. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. Norwegian manufacturer Hydro was largely operating on a manual basis Wednesday after a cyber attack that started Monday. The attack began in U.S. offices of Hydra and then spread to the plants in Norway on Tuesday. Ransomware known as Locker Goga locked up systems. Hydro said it had no plans to pay a ransom and believed it could back everything up from or, or bring everything back online from backups. Uh, Hydro turns aluminum ingots into components for car makers, builders, and other industries. Just to stave off any controversial emails, Hydro, not Hydra. We know it's not the uh, hail super secretive Hydro. Yeah, hail Hydro. Uh, Disney now owns most of 21st Century Fox. Oh yes, that's right. This is finally happening. Closing the deal at 12:02 a.m. Eastern. This is on Wednesday or today. A new company called Fox Corporation spun out Tuesday with Fox News, Fox Broadcast Channels, and the national uh, channels of Fox Sports. That all stayed uh, not part of this. That was always the deal. The regional Fox Sports network must be sold by Disney in 90 days, uh, but it's done, finally. Fantastic Four, now part of Disney. (laughs) Yeah. Apple continued its hardware announcements this week with an updated set of Apple AirPods. Uh, The new AirPods look like the previous generation. There's no design changes, but they include the new H1 chip, which can support Siri activation by voice. Currently, AirPods require a tap to activate Siri. Apple also claims 50% more talk time and faster switching between Bluetooth devices. There's also a new charging case available for either the old or the new model of AirPods that works with any Qi wireless charger. So you just drop the AirPods on the charger and they start working. The new AirPods cost 159 bucks. If you want the wireless charging case, it's 199 bucks. And if you've got the old AirPods and you just want the wireless charging case, that'll run you 80 bucks. I think I'm getting that case. Uh, Kasper- I never say this right. Kaspersky Lab has filed an antitrust complaint with the Russian Federal Anti-Monopoly Service. Uh, Kaspersky notes that after Apple launched its own screen time function, it notified Kaspersky, 
Kaspersky <laughs> that its safe kids app violated app store policies by using configuration profiles to monitor kids' usage of iOS devices. Kaspersky noted that Apple's crackdown on other screen time applications at the same time. Uber Freight is an Uber-owned unit that helps connect truck drivers with shipping companies, and it's launching its app in the Netherlands Wednesday. More European countries are planned later this year. Uh, Previously, Uber Freight only operated here in the United States. Uber Freight right now in the U.S. has about 30,000 active users. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Microsoft's reaction to Google Stadia. Therat.com's Brad Sams who uh, I am constantly in awe of his ability to get these stories. Uh, he, he is the uh, Mark German of Microsoft stuff. Published a memo from Microsoft's head of gaming, Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer told his employees regarding Google Stadia, Google went big today, and we have a couple of months until E3 when we will go big. Uh, and obviously he's referring to xCloud. Uh, Microsoft just demonstrated xCloud game streaming service uh, the last week, week before, and is expected to announce more about that at E3. And that's that's pretty much what this memo means. So, Scott, this gives us a chance to get your reaction to Google Stadia, first of all, that came out yesterday. And also where the, the Microsoft reaction fits into this whole thing as, as streaming game services of one flavor or another seem to be the new wave. Well, the Stadia announcement is real skin in the game, as you guys discussed yesterday. It is quite literally the announcement of a brand new platform. There's no service yet. They didn't really get that detailed, but they announced a platform yesterday that is pretty significant if they can deliver on everything they talked about on that stage. It was impressive, kind of across the board. And having had some experience with their test in Chrome when they were running Assassin's Creed Odyssey on there, I can say that even that tiny taste left me wanting more. I was extremely blown away and impressed by that. And I've used a lot of these services that claim relatively seamless sort of lag-free experiences. And that was definitely the best I'd seen running on my browser on a MacBook of all places. So uh, it was them laying down the gauntlet and saying, yep, we're in this thing. And it is, given their access to um, what infrastructure they have and given the breadth of of uh, what Google is capable of, This is a major announcement and cannot be ignored by the other big players. Microsoft has already been hard at work on this direction. We already kind of knew that. Um, The only thing we really didn't know is what was Google's play going to be. And now we know, or at least, you know, a big thrust of it, we know what it is. And it's now on Microsoft, who has arguably the best chance to compete against that level of architecture, that level of size uh, and readiness they the big spotlight on them come June when we get E3 because they're going to have to get up there and say, <clears throat> all right, that's great and all, but here's what we're doing and really blow our minds. They've been working uh, pretty tirelessly on kind of a rebuilding of Microsoft games, what that looks like over there, what Xbox looks like. And hopefully all of that translates into something this summer anyway that we can look at and go, ah, okay, now we know what their answer will be. Or better yet, we as consumers might have a better idea of, what the competition is and why we would want one over the other. Um, It's going to be really, really exciting and and interesting. And I actually now think (laughs) whether we know it or not, the next two platform leaders of the next generation, if you want to call it that possibly the last generation uh, will probably be Microsoft and, and Google. I don't think Sony has what they need to do this. They have a service now and they can claim that now. They can say, oh, we got the streaming service now, everybody. But it's just their own games. It's not as wide-reaching. 
Uh, they don't have the, the, the reach certainly that Google has and, and Microsoft prepared to offer something maybe similar. So really intense feelings for a lot of us about what happened yesterday. It was a big deal. Yeah. And I feel like Microsoft has an advantage here because Google has infrastructure, right? They're good with delivering data around the world. Uh, and they, they have to be pretty latency sensitive in delivering that data and with services like YouTube and even some of their enterprise services. Uh, Sony, great at games, making games, getting you to love games. They're the leader in getting you to want to buy their console because you want to play their games. Microsoft, pretty good at that. Not as good this last time around as Sony, arguably, but pretty good at that. Microsoft also operates Microsoft Azure, which is really good infrastructure. So they're competitive in both of the things you need to make a successful gaming service. So I'm very curious what they're going to announce at E3. Yeah, me too. And I also, if what Google plans to do at E3, either in response or in tandem or whatever they're going to do, Sony's response is going to be my most interested thing here because they don't have a response right now. They kind of are left in like, oh, crap, we are king of the of the way things are done right now. But mm-hmm. the way things are going to be done, this put, makes them at least seem very behind. So maybe they team with Amazon and get the infrastructure they need. Yeah. Amazon doesn't show any signs of huh. doing this themselves and never I mean, say there's never. There's some rumors out there that Amazon is looking into this too, but yeah, maybe it is in partnership with somebody like Sony. And, and then there's Nintendo, which is just a whole other, they, they never do what everybody else is doing anyway. So it's hard to tell how this impacts them. Uh, we're actually going to have Trisha Hershberger on the show on Friday to kind of do a GDC recap uh, after all of this settles out. So I'm sure we'll be talking more about this then. Guaranteed. Well, Oculus VR announced something new. So get excited, VR enthusiasts. The new Oculus Rift S built in partnership with Lenovo, has a 1280 by 1440 resolution per eye. Not bad. Not the high end, but not bad. Uh, the 80 hertz refresh rate down from 90 to maintain PC compatibility. And yeah, so they raised the resolution, but they lowered the refresh rate so that they didn't have to make everybody buy a new PC. Interesting. Yeah. The ding here, well, I don't know. Refresh rate is everything with VR, at least in my mind, because that's yeah. where I get the higher it is, the better it is. But I guess we'll see. Anyway, this also includes pass-through plus, rather, which shows you your surroundings and a built-in tracking system called Oculus Insight. The forthcoming standalone Oculus headset will have the same tracking system, but will have a more comfortable PSVR-style strap. Which, uh, oh, important oh. To, to say, you, you you dropped a word there, the Oculus Quest, which is oh, the, the Quest, standalone. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it went in my head, but didn't come out of my mouth. The Quest is actually the one VR... Uh, update or the one piece of VR equipment that I'm most excited about right now. Actually, what they've shown of that seems really great, but both have a more comfortable strap. Uh, so use is going to be easier that way. Both the uh, Rift S and the Oculus Quest will cost $399 and ship this spring. Facebook F8 developer conference is scheduled for April 30th. You can count on some of that being shown there. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they're pricing them the same. Basically saying, uh, do you want a little bit more power but be tethered? Or are you a little more like console casual gamer sit on your couch? Yeah, and you don't want to be tethered, get you get the quest. Yeah. Uh, it's three ninety nine either way. The European Union fined Google 1.49 billion euros Wednesday, it's about $1.7 billion, for blocking rival online search advertisers. Google was accused of restricting publishers from placing advertisements from competing ad services on the publisher's search results page. So they were saying, you can run AdSense, and you can run AdSense in your in your publication's search engine, but if you do, we're not going to let you run ads from competing advertisers. The EU said, not okay. Google says it's going to boost 
price comparison rivals. It will drop those restrictions. And in response to another antitrust case, the one they paid 5 billion euros uh, uh, as a fine, the one about tying Chrome to Android, Google says it will now prompt European Android users to choose a browser and default search engine rather than just defaulting to Chrome and Google. Uh, Google had already stopped requiring Chrome and search apps to be installed along with the Google Play Store, though it now charges manufacturers a licensing fee for the store with or without search and Chrome. Uh, if you're keeping track, Google has now been fined three times in the EU. There were three major antitrust uh, cases. They've been fined in all three cases, the biggest one being Android. Uh, the second largest were fines for AdSense and Android. Uh, I'm sorry, the second largest were fines for using its own search engine to direct people to Google Shopping. Uh, mm. versus allowing other shopping platforms to be up there at the top. Uh, and the the third, the, the smallest of the fine is this one that we heard about today, 1.49 billion euros. Do mm. you think, uh, <laughs> this is a very cynical view, but uh, it feels like the EU might be funding its entire um, fiscal platform on just making sure that Google has regular fees being paid. You know, <laughs> I really I mean, don't know the case at it's all. It's e- easy to say that because a billion euros is a lot to you. Yeah. honestly not that much for google and it's it's more for the european union than it is for google uh but uh, i'm sure uh, it's it's a drop in the bucket of the the total european union's budget uh and expenditures it's certainly i don't want to say it's not a revenue maker for the european union but that's not why they're doing it uh oh, cool. the, the reason yeah. they're doing it is as marguerite vestager and 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 the others uh think that that google is being unfair to european companies and, and they they want to level the playing field it's it's yeah. about making things more fair for endemic companies in europe i think yeah there is a scenario though in my head of maybe a comic you'll have to draw it or something but Microsoft Windows is just winking off in the corner going, see what it's like to be the dominant operating system on on the handheld across the world? Well, isn't that interesting too, right? There's no, uh, Microsoft's requirement to offer a browser choice window in Windows ended in 2014 and it hasn't come back. No, nobody's putting edge on their computers. Well, they're not. And and even without the browser choice uh, thing in Europe, you still don't have Microsoft dominating. So, I mean, you make the argument that, oh, that it worked. Uh, it, it leveled the play- playing field, and now we don't need that measure anymore. And I suppose maybe you can make the same argument with Android. We'll see. Yep. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court threw out a decision by a lower court upholding a settlement where Google paid a class action group $8.5 million over a privacy dispute. The uh, class argued Google violated federal privacy law by allowing websites to see users' search queries – the Supreme Court directed the lower court to evaluate whether the class had been harmed by Google and therefore determine it had legal standing to sue. This is uh, this is a little bit of a wonky story, uh, but it, but it's important uh, because it is the U.S. Supreme Court saying, uh, no, look at this closer. You can't just sue somebody because they're doing something that violates your privacy. You have to show that violating your privacy harmed you. In some mm. way, there is, and, and and essentially, what the Supreme Court is saying is there is no absolute right to privacy. It's okay to violate your privacy if nobody gets hurt. Uh, and they're saying that the lower court didn't adequately demonstrate that Google allowing other websites to see the search queries in any way caused damage to the class. Uh, it doesn't mean that the class won't prevail, uh, but it does mean they now have to prove that harm, which is which is a higher burden to prove uh, than than just being able to show that the privacy was violated at all. Right. 
I mean, I'm completely out of my lane when I talk about any of this sort of stuff, but I will say not because Sarah Lane's not here, not that kind of lane. Lane on a highway is what mm-hmm. I mean. But anyway, I feel like this is like exactly the opposite thing that might happen in the EU cases. Like them saying it's not uh, built in harmful to have your privacy violated. It feels like the EU is way harder on that point to say, well, it doesn't matter. Your bias, your, your privacy is violated by its very nature. That's, that's a form of harm. Um, that's just an interesting difference to me. Well, it's a legislative versus a judicial one, right? What, right. what the EU did was said, we are going to make a law called the GDPR that says violating privacy is bad and you can't do it. And if you do it, we'll fine you. What the court here is saying is there is no such law in the United States. Uh, and under the laws that we have, you have to show harm. You can't just show a privacy violation until such time as Congress decides to pass a law that says violating privacy in any respect uh, or in these respects in particular is against the law. Hmm. Sorry for the civics lesson. No, I lie. No, yeah. me sorry. I love this stuff. This is one of my favorite. Uh, let's uh, finish up our top stories with uh, getting back into some GDC stuff. Lucasfilm, Luke, Lucasfilm Games recently. <laughs> yeah, you heard me right. Lucasfilm Games recently posted job listings for producers and marketers in a division called Lucasfilm Games. Again, the positions would oversee development of games based on Lucasfilm IP for consoles, PC, smartphones, and AR and VR platforms. This is not LucasArts. LucasArts still exists under Disney as a licensor of its games. It does not develop them anymore. It does appear that Disney... Maybe not hiring developers for this, but hiring some people to manage third-party developers for creating games under the Lucasfilm banner. Uh, It's important to note here that EA still has the exclusive rights to Star Wars games until 2023. And honestly, Lucasfilm doesn't have a whole lot of other IP that isn't Star Wars. Uh, Though EA has only released two games since it got the rights in 2013. So this may be a little long-term positioning of Disney to say, you know, we don't want to get stuck with this again. Let's let's build some in-house management of this and not maybe not give somebody an exclusive, but even if we do, have a little more pressure from our side to make people do good games and do them regularly. Yeah, there's a load of um in brief, there's a lot of games LucasArts is responsible for from the 90s and beyond that they could get reattached to, do some new things with, whether that's themselves or licensing it out. Right now, it sounds like a licensing thing or at least a, a way to manage those IPs so that they're not being squandered. Um, and with EA really blowing it lately with their with their uh, license to make Star Wars games, they've had at least two canceled, canceled large, big-profile games have been canceled. There's a couple we still don't know about, but they also didn't do so great with Battlefront 2. Um, it kind of fizzled and I had a lot of controversy around it when it came to free to play stuff. So at the end of all of this, this does just feel like Disney saying, well, let's just, you know, let's just pad, pad it up a little bit here. Let's sandbag it up for the, for the other stuff. And for a few ideas we have, who knows, Indiana Jones could come back in a big way in video games. That's a Lucas games thing. Like there's possibilities here and they feel like they're, I feel like they're hedging their bets and it's not really costing them that much to do that. So probably a good move. And, and, and there's some good questions kicking around in the chat room. Uh, this is not necessarily like Google having Google Play Music and YouTube Music because there is no, <laughs> there is no equivalent position for LucasArts anymore. Uh, right. That's just managing licenses. So this is actually going farther than what LucasArts does. And also Lucasfilm Games isn't an oxymoron. It's 
taking the Lucasfilm properties and turning them into games. Yes, that is something LucasArts did in the past, but LucasArts isn't going to do that. This is Disney saying, we don't want to get into game development again. We don't want to own a video game company right now, but we do want to have more of a hand in the games that are created based on the Lucasfilm properties. Right, and arguably it's due in part because this EA thing hasn't worked out in their favor and perhaps they're just holding stuff a little closer to the chest. Yeah. Hey folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day and spend less than five minutes doing it, keep up to date. Subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right, last thing we're going to talk about today is Epic uh, not only having a press conference today, but CEO Tim Sweeney making the rounds, giving interviews to a bunch of outlets and talking about the Epic Games Store and and some of the problems that Valve is having with Steam, etc. Let's talk about the press conference first. Uh, Epic showed off ray tracing upgrades in Unreal 4.22, now in preview with full version due in two weeks. If you've got one of those fancy new NVIDIA cards, uh, that is of interest to you. Uh, They also showed Unreal 4.23 three scheduled to go live in june which has the chaos system uh using physics to generate realism so they showed a lot of like massive destructible environments some cool rigid body dynamics uh they had a demo called rebirth that you can find and look at if you want to see unreal's photorealism capabilities and then troll was a demo uh that showed off the new ray tracing power epic launched a platform and engine agnostic sdk called Epic Online Services to support large-scale matchmaking, voice communications, cloud storage, sentiment analysis, game analytics, and a ticketing system. And numbers-wise, Fortnite has nearly 250 million registered players, up from 200 million in December, with 10.8 million concurrence. Uh, Sweeney told Ars Technica half of Fortnite players on PC have never used Steam before. Uh, So... If you had any doubts that Epic was dominating with Fortnite, well, now you don't. Uh, but, but Scott, what did you make of all of these uh, demos and such? Well, the demo for the new features in the engine itself, this is the thing you always forget about Epic. Lately, the Epic news has always been, hey, Epic, they're the guys who run Fortnite and are making a trillion dollars a minute, and they're dominating the industry now, and what are video game makers going to do? And then you have the Epic Game Store, which is this, hey, why are they going to come in here and disrupt the market and make Steam rethink its position or at the very at the very least displace this market around a little bit, which somebody's sort of been waiting for someone else to do for a while. Steam's had quite the dominance there. And then there's this company who is interested in running, uh, you know, running uh this engine and this store sort of concurrently giving better deals to people who sign up for or that sign on to have their games on their store and a better cut of the of the money like they're they're pushing lots of boundaries here they also benefit in this new uh stadia world we potentially could live in and cloud gaming and xcloud mm-hmm. and so on because you're still building games a lot of games are being built on it on unreal and unreal engine and what Google talked about the other day what I expect Microsoft will talk about in a couple of months only serves to bolster Epic and their position even more as the creator of the most versatile and realistic engine in the in the world, because then that that engine with as many teraflops as they're promising us will look amazing no matter what your connection and no matter how crappy your laptop is. So there's a lot of like synergy already happening there. And then they've got this dominance with Fortnite. They've got this, this uh, insurgence with the Epic game store. Uh, it's, it's fun to look at this because as a longtime unreal fan playing unreal back in the nineties, playing unreal tournament till my eyes bled in the late nineties, early two thousands. I have always loved Epic as a company to see them in a, this weird new position 
primarily on the shoulders of, well, uh, two factors, their incredible business engine or the engine business rather. And then Fortnite is crazy. And it just means that they are right up in front. Like there's, we can have these conversations about what the next generation looks like, what Microsoft or Google are going to do. It's just odd seeing Epic right up there in the middle of all that. And you can't avoid them and they're there to stay and they're going to have a finger in all of this stuff. So I realize I'm kind of all over the map here, but I'm excited because that disruption and displacement they're doing with their store is good. They did talk about, for example, they're going to have standards. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me let, let's talk a little bit about the, some of the things that Sweeney said in interviews. Uh, he said a lot about the Epic Game Stores. Uh, if you don't realize, Epic Game Store for PC lets developers keep eighty-eight percent of the revenue. Uh, there are about eighty-five million total players with Epic Game Store installed. He threw out some stats like Deep Silver's Metro Exodus. Uh, is selling two and a half times better in its first week as an Epic Game Store exclusive uh, versus its predecessor Metro Last Light did on Steam. Uh, it's doing one and a half times better on console. So, you know, it's even better on Epic than it was on console. And uh, they've got some new exclusives. That's not going to stop. Despite devs keeping more of the sale price, though, uh, prices have not gone cheaper on Epic versus other outlets. And Sweeney told Ars Technica he thinks that the price of games on the store will drop as developers get used to the new revenue share and realize they can sell more copies at a lower price and not lose money. And they can take some of that extra money that they're getting at 88% instead of 70% and reinvest it in the games. Then there's the matter of what gets allowed in. And Scott just mentioned this. Steam has been courting controversy by saying they would allow anything legal in the store unless it was straight up trolling. Uh, Sweeney sees things different. He told The Verge, Epic respects developers' complete creative freedom to develop anything with its tools on the engine. He's like, if you're using our engine, you can do whatever you want as long as you're not breaking the law. But on the store, Epic prioritizes high-quality experiences. He told The Verge, we're not going to accept pornographic or shock content of any kind. We're not in the porn business here. PC is an open platform. Those devs can reach gamers in other ways if they want. So Epic's going to open up the store to submissions from all partners later this year, but it's still going to apply a high-quality standard to which games it allows in the store. 100% Tim Sweeney, Team Tim Sweeney on this. I wish this was the voice that Steam would find. If Valve would find this particular voice, that would be great. And this isn't me going, oh, yes, we need to... I'm not trying to be a prudish standard bearer or anything. Uh I just think his knowledge of it's an open platform. They can find their other ways. There's no such thing as censorship here. This isn't a government issue. This isn't any of those things. If you're going to make a game called Rape Day, we're not going to let it be on our platform because we have standards. And then we as gamers can go, there are the standards. I now make my buying decisions based on if I like those standards or not. And that is all I wanted to hear from these guys. And I And it really bumped my excitement about what epic is doing a few notches because up till now it's been a little boring over there mm. to be honest there's mm. some games there's some exclusives but you know it's slow going out of the gate they're not going to be nearly the steam library that i have now right off right off but it's enough for me to hear this to go okay i think i'm i think i'm in supporting this idea and moving forward with it and valve was just so crappy about their response a couple of weeks ago in my opinion that uh, this just seemed like a breath of fresh air. And then put on top of that, one of the coolest engine demos I've seen in years 
And it, it's just got me all excited about Epic right now. Yeah, I, Steam Steam sometimes has a little mission creep where they think of themselves as the platform, not yeah. just the store on the platform. And, and that shows with Steambox and and wanting to, to make games that, that work cross-platform on Linux, et cetera, which isn't a bad thing. Um, but Epic's saying, we're, we're not. We're, we're, we're not the platform. We are just a store, and we will decide what we stock in our store. Yeah, hey, one, one final thing I want to throw out there is you said earlier that a lot of people haven't even used Steam, and they're using uh, the store now, and they use Fortnite, never even touched Steam before. That cannot be discounted. There is a legion of young game fans. This was their gateway, and this is now where they're at, and this is kind of where they'll stay, and I think that is a massive shift. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. A couple of emails before we go. Norm said, uh, hey, Tom, kudos on the interview you did with Jack Conti. If anyone thought you'd softball him, they were wrong. I'm glad that came across. And you got your answer while still handling it very professionally. Now let's hope they don't announce tomorrow they're getting bought by PayPal. I hope, to, I so, hope so too, Norm. But if you didn't realize, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. As there is an interview uh, that I did with Jack Conti about the Patreon creator platform changes. Uh, you can find that in your feed or at dailytechnewsshow.com. Also got an email from Sam who said he had some feedback about Google Stadia uh, from the perspective of someone living in Belgium. Uh, Sam says, Patrick was saying that most of Europe had internet without data caps, but at least for Belgium, it's more complicated than that. You can get a kind of unlimited internet here, but it's pretty expensive for Europe, and it works with a fair use policy. This policy basically still is a cap that limits you to lower bandwidth once you go over it. As to the bandwidth requirements, I think most people in Belgium can reach those for this Google Stadia, although for some, just barely. For the VDSL provider, 30 megabits per second is attainable 
portable for a large portion of the users. And for the cable provider, probably everybody should be able to get 30 megabits per second. I hope this provided you with another European perspective. I love the show, and me and my girlfriend listen to it every morning when we're driving to work together. Well, I hope you're having a lovely drive, Sam and Sam's girlfriend. And thank you for writing in. This was great and valuable perspective. Yeah, I uh, there's a lot of talk. This is maybe the main talk I've heard about uh, Stadia, which is uh, fodder for another episode since we don't have a lot of time. But I just want to say this. I think that gaming has always been a great pusher of boundaries. It's been able to go out there and say, all right, push tech in this way just because we want to play better games. And then that ends up being something rad we can use in other parts of society. I think, my prediction, these cloud-based gaming services, if they're all they've promised them to be, will have the effect of making it so ISPs will be less dependent on data caps and that data caps will be a thing of the past one day. And I think this will be part of what makes that happen. You can find perspectives like that, along with Patrick Beja, at dailytechnewsshow.com slash MVGB. That's the monthly video game briefing. Uh, Scott and Patrick host that show once a month. I'm sure they'll be talking about this in the next episode coming out in a couple of weeks. And of course, you've got your own outlets for talking about gaming all the time, Scott. Yeah, tonight there's a brand new episode of The Core Show, uh, which recently had a bit of a format change. We now talk about video gaming for the hardcore and core gamers. And this definitely has uh, a lot to do with what we think. So if you want to hear our perspectives, check it out at frogpants.com slash core. Uh, Again, that's tonight. That'll be live. You can also catch it on the podcast. And if you really, really want to know what I think about cloud gaming, that's going to be the place to find it this week. If you haven't already become a member, join us at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. And we're live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.